Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are watching an Italian movie. So it was, of course, picked by... Let me check my notes here again. Scott. I'm going by Sergio today. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Now, I know that this this one came with a lot of debate. This yeah, was, well, this was this a was tough one. This was originally going to be months ago. Months and months ago. I was like, oh, I'll do this one for October. Months a months a. Months a months a. Months a balls. Well, I haven't got that far in Duolingo yet. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Fucking Duolingo. Yeah. No, I was going to do this one for October because I was like, this is a Halloween movie. This is a Halloween party, right? No. Nope. Birthday party. Yeah, it's just a random ass birthday party. So my notes are at this point almost a half a year old, but it's it's okay. I've seen this movie three times. And so, you know, notes notes are just for helpful, keeping me on track. We'll see if it works or not. So here's the funny thing about this movie, right? I forget where I even got it. I think I bought it off of somebody, a double disc Demons DVD. So it has mm-hmm. Demons 1 and Demons 2 on this yeah. like double disc DVD. Which is literally just the same movie twice. Yeah, pretty much. So I had finished watching Airheads for the Patreon and I had to send a quick email upstairs on the computer. So I was like, let me throw Demons 2 into the DVD player. I'll run upstairs and send the email. And my thought was that it'll just be sitting on the main menu for me. Like it'll go past all the commercials or whatever bullshits on the DVD. One of those. Well, I came downstairs and it was five minutes into the movie already. And I was like, fuck, I got to back this up. So I figure out what's happening. That was a pointless decision to make yeah. because when I got to the five minute part, I was like, so nothing happened for those nothing. first five minutes of importance. It's just establishing shots that are completely worthless. 
dude, I had to rely so much on the wiki for this movie because this feels not to steal anybody's double feature here, but this feels like some spookies ass shit where they just had film from like four different movies lying around mm-hmm. and were trying to connect them all together. Yeah. Yeah, the rules governing the, the the supernatural aspects of this film are very loose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very. No, absolutely. And I think that they don't they don't set it up. What's how do I say this? It's not helpful. The setup's not helpful for that either. Like, are you trying to tell me that you didn't find it helpful that the guy who's smart has a booker under his arm coming home to his pregnant wife? Because to me, that's the kind of world building that just shows they care. Yeah, yeah, that didn't do much for me. (laughs) But then when he's (laughs) doing his homework at the table. Yeah. Well, you know, when the physics come into play later on. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't at all. Except for I guess I guess when you scale the building, they come into play. But that just seems like a I don't know. That's I think you'd learn more rock climbing desper- than in school. Yeah, that's yeah. a desperation move and not a I learned this in school move by yeah. any means. This is the type of movie that this is. And this also has to do with this is worth explaining also. So how did you guys watch? Like I said, I had a DVD. Mm, I watched um, on YouTube. I YouTube did, dude. I, okay, I so don't, I'm not sure. I don't watch anything on DVD yeah. for this show. I, so so for I'm not show. sure how the DVD or how the YouTube quality was. But Bad. the DVD Bad. quality. Okay, so cool. It was. It wasn't just me. The DVD quality. Everything is blue. This is like the bluest it's movie so blue. I've ever seen. It is the Picasso blue period of Italian cinema, <laughs> which makes the blood purple, right? Yeah, it's so weird. There's a scene where the pregnant wife is looking at what I guess is like a yoga or like a Lamaze book or something before she starts yeah. doing some stretching on the bed, but. Due to the tint and the fact that I couldn't see what she was looking at, I literally thought she was looking at like a bondage porn magazine because it was just like a bunch of like grainy photos of mm-hmm. women with their arms and legs pulled so back. So, Matt, I yeah. think like, that you need happening? to masturbate more. I think <laughs> I'm a very that this lonely is the re- <laughs> I think that the problem will be solved with one hand. Mm. And on the other hand, lotion. <laughs> yes. I did write down a quote I wanted to bring up. I, I think... We've talked about a lot, especially in the first two or three years of this podcast. We talked a lot of shit on child actors being awful. Yeah. And I think that that still stands for the most part. But Italian dubbed child actors, I <sighs> fucking love them. The best. And Man. Who's your favorite? If we were to pick one oh, right now. I mean, I mean, this kid that we're talking about in this movie comes nowhere close to fucking Bob. Bob. It's Bob. It's, <laughs> the answer is Bob. The answer is Bob. But when he answers the phone and he just goes, no, daddy is not home. Neither is mommy. I am alone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and I the phone. I'm like, that's all the plot we need. Got it. Kids that's alone. My, that's my voicemail message. So if you call me. <laughs> I thought that you wait a little bit longer to give your son a phone, but okay. <laughs> uh, that not not that much amazing. longer to leave him alone, though. Dude, yeah. that would be a fucking amazing voice message. <laughs> I would call just to leave voicemails instead of just, text. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be my reason to call anybody. Uh, yeah, and I hate, hate calling people. I hate like, calling people. You know how intense it is to call someone after a decade of not calling people. It's yeah. it's awful. It, the only people that call me are people that want money or they want to tell me about like, hey, you have an appointment. That's all. Yeah. That's all I use my phone for anymore. Got me sweating. So, so yeah. there was a comedian I remember talking about his voicemail on a podcast like. 
10 years ago, if not longer ago, like in the early days of podcasting, he was talking about how he realizes that in the day of the cell phone, no one remembers phone numbers like they used nope. to. Like you used to like know people's phone numbers. Mm -hmm. So he made his voice message like, hey, this is Gary. Changed phone numbers recently. Uh, so you're not going to be able to leave me a message here. Just call me at 555-678-798. Like he said the number really fast, but he's like, it was just the number that they had just called. He's like, I just thought it'd be funny that they're like struggling to hear the number, maybe called two or three times to make sure that they got all the numbers right. And then <laughs> manually punched in those numbers just to get that voice message again and be like, you son of a bitch. Like, and that's why Gary know, has no friends anymore. Yeah. Like, I guess if that's your whole goal, but. I don't know. This is this is kind of more along the lines of that early 2000s prank culture. You know, when YouTube was young and podcasting was young and it was like it's a prank, bro. Like yeah. prank war champion. Comedians are are are, you know, comedians the general umbrella of of comedianery humor. A lot of it, especially for white men at that time was like let me do something absolutely shitty and then avoid all consequences by just saying it's a prank. Which is crazy that it took us this long to claim that things were pranks when we could still get away with everything for so long. Well, so here, let's get back to Demons 2. I found okay. this very interesting. Filming for this movie started in May of 1986, which was mm -hmm. only seven months after they released Demons. Yeah. And then they wow. developed a third Demons film. It fell apart. And then the original script ultimately became The Church. Which Tom has been requesting since the very first listener-submitted option. I feel like The Church is a yeah. fun movie. It is. I, I watched it's it a few pretty. years ago and I remember it. It's pretty, right. It has that same pitfall of most Italian cinema where it's like style over substance. Um, yeah. and, and that's hard for us to talk about on the show unless it's absolutely stupid which is yeah. what this movie is um there's a, literally a guy absurd there, yeah there's i think it was i think it might have been in the movie within the movie which almost any movie within movie with a movie within the movie that's a mouthful is significantly noticeably better because of the the movie within the movie it just is it's, yeah. it's a stupid trope that i enjoy far too much for what it actually is but i think it's in that movie within this movie that one of the characters goes a demon hey that's crazy which i need <laughs> that is my voicemail so i I'll, if we're talking about look there's a lot of issues in this movie the biggest issue that i have uh and i wrote this down was no one ever parties that hard to Morrissey. No. Like they show this party scene and there's panic by the Smiths play and and these people are just really getting down, having a real dance party. Like nobody, nobody has ever listened to any song with Morrissey's vocals and thought, God, I wanna dance. Like, yeah. I don't know, party man. Time. I gotta say, I'm sick of your tattoos and the way you don't appreciate the Smiths and Morrissey. That's a brand new joke. <laughs> That's best. As much as I disliked this movie at times, there's also stuff that I love. Like, oh I, no, this movie is a clip show. Like, let me of, be yeah. very clear yeah. that this movie is not watchable. It is. This isn't a, pile a movie. Of shit. You're right. Yeah. This is not a film. It is a clip show. Yeah. Like, I the, feel like the ratio of it is pretty decent, though, for being a clip show. You know what I mean? Like, there is a lot. There's shit, but there's a plethora of clips that I think yes. are pretty good. You yeah. Know, my cousin I, and, came over for the last ten minutes, and he was like, "Was this?" fun like was this a fun movie <laughs> i was like kind of yeah and man people are gonna absolutely crucify me when i say this and and i i'm saying this as a fan of this movie but if we're talking about the clips ratio in italian cinema 
this movie has way more enjoyable clips at a higher ratio than, say, Suspiria, which makes you that's really not, wait for those yeah, clips. Yeah, you know that, I, mean? I don't like, really think that that's that hot of a take, dude. I don't think anybody's going to come after you for that. Because, I don't know. People fucking love Suspiria. I mean, yeah. you can love Suspiria, but you can also be an adult about it and be like, the whole point of Suspiria is that those scenes are payoffs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's no payoff in this. There's no like build up to the payoff. It's just no, like a clip show movie is just movie. the payoff. There's <laughs> no, no build yeah. up to it, you know? I mean, and no, like if we're going to talk about great clips, the demon dog is super cool. And I, then that there's was my that. only other note was the demon dog fucking rules in yeah. this movie. Yeah, and the gremlin, which looks like shit. But the gremlin is hilarious because it hates towels. I, I don't know. <laughs> Why does he hate these towels? <laughs> like, <laughs> he must really hate these towels. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know why this impresses me because, like, it's been done in movies before and many movies after. But even, like, the first demon escaping out of the TV for, like, what is clearly a low-budget 1986 movie looked pretty fucking good. Mm -hmm. And that was all I I knew about this movie growing up. Like, I knew that that, that, uh, screen cap from the back of the VHS box, which scared the piss out of me. And I remember seeing just that segment... Maybe on sci-fi or like in a you know some you know ad spot or something that sci-fi had when I was in high school and being like, that is gnarly. And then watching this for the first time probably in I don't know 2007, 2008, something like that, and being like that holds up. And then watching it again later, you know, in 2010 or something, that holds yeah. up. Watching it you know last year, that holds up. Kyle, quick question. Yeah. How many times have you seen this movie? Is this your first watch? This, this is my first watch, and I've not seen Demons 1. You've seen Demons 1. Basically, no. Demons 1 is oh, just yeah. Oh, okay, Demons I understand. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, so I, I got I, I got the gist of it uh, pretty quickly. Um, I, I did know, I guess I knew the premise of Demons 1 anyway, so I kind of went in being like, oh, it is just that in an apartment building. That's But there's fun. better music. There's there's better metal. In the first one or in this one? In Demons, not okay. in Demons 2. Yeah. And the, the, the weird yeah. thing about Argento is that, like, he loved metal. There's so yeah. much metal yeah. in his movies, and it's I, it's yeah. good. It's like very obscure stuff that people wouldn't necessarily know about now. But I mean, I only know about it because I've watched a bunch of Argento movies. Yeah, it, this one's fun. It sort of it is in that genre of for me. It reads party zombies or party demon like all of those <laughs> like demons, energetic yeah. like you know movies about uh, supernatural creatures that ruin fucking people's good time <laughs> i love that that it should be its own subgenre. oh yeah I, th- I think it could i think that you could easily loop you know you got return of the living dead you have night of the demons you have in my double feature there's a few there's something related to that there's like a handful hard rock zombies matt we found our next geekscape video yeah i think it, i think those movies are fun so i went in a little a little bit blind to this and my favorite part of that effect of the demon coming through the tv is the reverse watching the strobe light go off in the bedroom as sally was it sally, yes, I think sally. Name, as sally. sally is watching the the show come to life i just like and it's so low budget Budget. It's so simple, but it's just like it's super effective because now we're all combined you know what, in there. Remember when you watch Creep Show and there's those weird moments in Creep Show where it kind of turns into a comic book panel mm-hmm. lighting wise? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the lighting for all of Demons too. <laughs> yeah, like, but it wasn't on purpose, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like every shot of this movie, I, I really am like, yo, the. Like I get the blue light choice. I get they like, did only have a blue gel. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's like, oh there might have been a red gel one. in there too. I don't yeah. know one, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a weird it's a really weird 
film that like kind of I hate to say it like this. The movie kind of starts to fall apart for me more when the demons actually show up. Like, I really enjoyed just watching Italian, English dubbed Italian people say and do weird things because, like, yeah. it's a bad dub. And then, like, the the demon showed up and then they talked a lot less. And I was yeah. like, this is kind of becoming monotonous. Like, this is just three or four different people's demon movies. I And, and it's a bummer because I like... I like the concept. I like the concept that this thing is happening in a singular apartment complex, but like because people in apartments are very disconnected from each other, like everyone's feeling like it's only kind of happening in their little section of the apartment for most of the movie. Like, I think that that's a great concept. That's like, I'd love to see like the horror movie version of like Four Rooms, if you remember that, like. Yeah, anthology oh, yeah. film. You well, know what I, I mean? Like I where feel it's... like it's been done. I don't think that Dario Argento was putting a whole lot of thought into. I think you're giving him a lot of credit. And that's no, fine. I think they can, were rushing can... through this fucking yeah, movie because yeah. it came out seven months after the first one. Very true. But I, I, I like what you're saying. I do think that there is. It's a great trope, and I think that it's been used in interesting ways. Smaller budget movies seem to do that yeah. because it's really easy for them to not pay a lot of people because they yeah, can, I just, and they right. don't have to pay for spaces. They just do it in three apartments or whatever yeah they could just use one apartment and just change Hell, the yeah. set dressing every time but that but takes more I think money yeah that does take a little bit more money you know i feel like the apartment is still a very underutilized locale and i sure. do pretty much like enjoy it you know when when i think of like hardware is a movie that i think of that like you know really uses the fact that you know apartments you're basically living on top of you're living with 500 other people none of which you know the name of um, so it's like it's, and so you don't have to give a shit about their feelings exactly you don't have to give a shit about them or and that's the thing it's like a slasher movie in an apartment complex like exclusively happening in an apartment complex like i don't think that's really been done has it i don't know i want to say yes i don't remember if toolbox murders takes place in an which apartment version complex 2004 one can't remember if it does or not i haven't seen it in a long time like i just think like there's so many where it's like these big rich neighborhoods but like right yeah let's just toss them in like a grimy apartment complex i mean that, maniac like, both yeah, co- both maniac movies i think it's an underutilized locale for for a horror film that you can do what a lot that, with that one with the 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 wear rats, um, Mulberry Street or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, what the fuck was that? That was one of the that like was one after of the dark after dark films to yeah. die for. Yeah, I think it was Mulberry I think Street. It's pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's called Mulberry, Mulberry Street. I'm gonna interject briefly because I do think that I have a really great beer for today. Oh, it is six six eight, the neighbor of the beast. <laughs> From New England Brewing. You can stop now. You're never gonna top that. I mean, like. I feel like I, I feel like somehow these they, they it just works. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was very excited. It's both a sequel neighbor yeah. situation and demonic. Um, That's fantastic. It's a it's a what was it? It's a Belgian a Belgian golden ale. Belgian style golden ale. Demons two. Do we have any other thoughts? I, I have I, one thought. I've been thinking about this. Because we watched Pledge Night after I watched Demons 2. But remember in Pledge Night how no one could fucking kiss? Yes. The end of this movie has the most weirdly passionate kiss. Yes, it I, does. I mean, it it made me feel uncomfortable. Like, I was, <laughs> I felt like I was a third wheel as these two people are just basically, like, licking each other's esophaguses. Um, and, yeah. and it's just in very stark contrast to... 
to, I mean, hey, they're Italians. They must know what they're doing because the Minnesotans that were in Pledge Night did not know how to fucking kiss. <laughs> did not know a thing about a thing. Well, that's, it's, it, but it just doesn't play well because it's like, because you're right. It, uh, as we were talking before, it's like this movie is about demons in an apartment complex, but it feels so disconnected and there's no like story arc. I mean, it, I don't feel no, connected no, no to the story. story arc of like, like of him trying to get to her. Like they just feel like they're sort of discombobulated and they end up back together at some point. So like that. Oh, good. Kiss, you're still here and it, alive. Let's kiss. Yeah. Oh, thank God. It, you're right. It just, it's weird. It's awkward. And it's like nothing in the movie <laughs> led me to be like dope. They've found each other, I guess. <laughs> I like. I really like the elevator uh, cable f- uh, little fight scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun, and I thought that the demonic child was fun uh, prior to the goblin coming out. I thought the goblin, the little goblin, was fun too. I, but I love that the, the fact the, that they the killed child the child and had it. Like it's basically. So I've been playing Switch a lot lately because we bought one for Christmas, and it was a fucking mistake because now I'm obsessed with these games. You know how a lot of times when you're fighting a boss, they'll have two phases, and it's like. I just killed the child. Oh, phase two is a gremlin, you know? (laughs) Right, right, yes. Yeah, it did feel very, like, level up. But I also love that it was basically, he basically birthed the gremlin and then, like... But then we never, it's just, there's all of these things that we never relate back to, and I think that, like... Argento and Bava were just like, no, people will get it. Like, people will get that she's a pregnant woman and now she has to fight the offspring of the thing that she just killed. But then, like, it doesn't return to that at all. I think that they're, <laughs> too, like, oh, they, okay. they're, they're too, like, ADD to be, yeah. to, to go yeah. back and finish a, a concept and to, like, tie up a loose end. They're just like, well, that was cool. Mm-hmm. On to the next. And that's fine. I right. mean, it's, Which is why these are clip shows. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that's Bob like, was a yeah. great example, too. I was going to say, that yeah. raises a great question of, like, we do have these amazing Italian directors and, and they dabbled in a lot of different genres. Obviously we get like the horror stuff, but then a lot of those guys also went on to do like spaghetti Westerns and, and be Mm -hmm. part of that whole scene. But like of these two guys, right? Who is the one that you think was the, the better, like actual filmmaker, not from like a visual standpoint, but like from actually making a fucking movie and not a clip show because even my favorite Bava feels like a clip show. You know what I mean? Like Twitch of a, of the death nerve is just watching cool ways that they killed people in 1971. Yeah. You're not really along for the plot on that. I don't know. Like Argento gave us opera, which is still a clip show, but it does have more of a through line. And so that alone, I kind of want to give him the W, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I... <sighs> I think that if I have watched more Mario Bava than I have, he would be my choice. But just based on, like, my knowledge and appreciation, I have to go Argento, too. But I think that if I if I had all my, like, wits about me, I might choose Mario Bava. Because I think that everything that I've liked from Bava trumps some of the Argento stuff? No, Bava did Black Sunday. Okay, so mm, this that is hard because I don't I, Black Sunday is so fucking good, but it's a witch movie, mm-hmm. you know, like so of course right. I like it. But well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think well, so that yeah, there's Mario Bava and then there's Lumberto Bava who you. did what we who did the demons and demons too, yeah. right? Yeah. Or just demons too. So, um and Lumberto was was just the assistant director on a lot of stuff for Argento yeah. and then went on to do a handful of of things that he directed. Nothing of I mean not nothing of note, like these you know, these are fine, but nothing to the scale or to the 
you know, that I would say, you know, Argento or his dad ended up doing. And I think that I really love Blood and Black Lace. I really love Hatchet for the Honeymoon. I don't totally, like, I do feel like they have amazing scenes and clips that work, but I also feel like they have a little bit more substance to them but then like Argento's big ones are incredible like we're you know you're talking Suspiria you're talking I mean even Phenomena opera, talking I fucking Deep love Red, Phenomena Phenomena is amazing I love Tenebra I think a lot, it's really hit or miss for a lot of people but I think that like as a cohesive thing that represents Argento like that's a great introduction <laughs> oh god we could there's okay. there's a couple listeners who have waited eight years for this type of conversation <laughs> to which I think but I'm not hilarious. you know I'm not completely knowledge I'm not completely like knowledgeable or caught up to caught up to speed is where I want to be to make that choice either fair. you know no, fair. and I, then there's a lot you know the, there's a lot of Italian directors that I don't that I have not explored yet I very rarely hate watching an Italian horror movie but I don't know how people do. It's the same thing with how I feel about anime. Like I can enjoy an anime, but the people who just watch anime, like I, I can't live yeah. that life, and I can't live yeah. that life with Italian horror either. Like I can do one here or there, but, but man, that that's a big undertaking. It is. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we welcome a special guest to come take a deep dive into a one-hit wonder artist with us. And together, we decide if that artist brought the one-hit thunder or was nothing more than a one-hit blunder. You can find One Hit Thunder anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So hit that subscribe button and join in on the fun each week. Scott, this was your pick. What do you think in double feature should be with this bad boy? I'm a simple man. I'm going to go with Death Spa because... They have a very similar color grading issue. <laughs> yes. You know, like Death Spa is, is all reds. Like um, those reds and yellows for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, they only had like two gels, just like this one only had two gels. Budgets are tough. <laughs> I would start with Demons 2, and then I would go with Death Spa because Death Spa is just so fun. Yeah. No, that's a good one. <laughs> I actually did a similar double feature based on color originally. <laughs> um, and it's a movie called Chillers from 1987. Oh, yeah. It's an anthology movie. We know Chillers. And yeah, okay. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It is an anthology. So coming in after Demons 2, which is a clip show, it's, it just feels like you can have it on in the background and just sort of catch some of that weirdness. Uh, it's somehow budgetary. It feels budgetarily on the scale of Demons 2, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Um, but it, it, that's that's a fun one. I think that it would match up real nice. You'd be seeing blue for days, but it, it, it would be worth it. Uh, so I had originally written down hardware because I was thinking of another movie in an apartment 
also I feel like that movie also similarly similarly has like two gels on the lights the entire movie it's very red but then I thought about it more and I thought you know what there's a really great sequel that we love at horror movie night that also while it doesn't take place in an apartment complex it does take place in a tower and that is Gremlins 2 the new batch where and there's a bunch gremlins, of gremlins in this too, so perfect, you got yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I'm changing up. I'm making a game day play right here and changing up my double feature on the fly. Scott, what have you watched that you want to talk about? So keeping with ex- the explanation of I've been playing too much Switch, um, my current game is Blasphemous, and it is really fucking hard. It's like way harder than anything else I've played on Switch, and it makes me want to throw the thing across the room but it's too expensive so i can't and and the thing about the switch that i was i was like it's a platformer so i like metroidvanias Uh, obviously i grew up in the 80s playing you know metroid and castlevania so i like platformers like that and in blasphemous you're this one this this kind of like this weirdly religious knight and you've got like a cone a metal cone on your head and a sword that like has thorns that go into your hand and love whatever um but um it's a platformer, so you're jumping around all the time, and if you fall on spikes, you immediately die. That's just how it works. And the thing about Switch is that if you're playing it handheld, you can't jerk the damn thing like you would when you were playing Nintendo in the 80s. Like, you know, when you when people would play Nintendo in the 80s, they're always moving the controller, and you can't do that with a Switch. And so it's like, it's a lesson in, in self-control. Very sensitive. It, yeah, but the funniest thing about that is that I grew up Catholic, and it is the weirdest and most accurate inversion of all of the shit that you would listen to in church. Like, the way that the cadences of all the characters are, and all of the things that you're doing, it's just basically like Catholic guilt on steroids. And But also, obviously, it's supposed to be poking, being critical and poking fun at Catholicism. Catholicism, Roman Catholic uh, faith in particular, and uh, it's just wild. I mean, it came out like <laughs> three years ago at this point. It's not like a new game. I don't play new games. You know, I I just go for something that's a platformer that is, you know, irreverent, and and that is very irreverent. <laughs> <laughs> My wife got me a Vinegar Syndrome subscription. Oh no, Vinegar Syndrome subscription for my was it for christmas but it, but my 30th birthday christmas as much as she can like put into one uh so i got my january package and there's a movie on there called curfew it's directed by the gentleman whose name escapes me but he directed charlotte's web <laughs> it is a home invasion movie starring kyle richards who, if anybody watches any of the i mean one uh, horror people will know her from halloween john carpenter's halloween uh everybody else will know her from um real housewives of <laughs> beverly hills in this movie she's got the thickest eyebrows i've ever seen but it's a it's a home invasion movie about uh, two brothers who escaped death row or escaped prison and they were imprisoned for the rape and murder of another woman and they go out and they plan to kill the judge, the district attorney and the psychiatrist, psychologist that put them away. Uh, apparently the judge and the district attorney are neighbors, which made it very easy for them to get from house to house. The daughter, Kyle Richards, comes home among the uh, kidnapping and 
uh, attempted murder of, or I would just say the kidnapping of her parents. Um, I, I don't, home invasion movies are a little bit difficult for me. Um, it's probably, I would say it's just, it's just a huge fear, right? Like it's just, uh, especially now, I mean, it was a huge fear for me as a kid, but then uh, now as a, as a husband and as a father and as a, a wimp, um, it's just very, it's scary to me that somebody could, <laughs> could <laughs> somebody could just like come into my house and just be like, fuck you. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So Kyle's address is. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 No, send your you fan mail there. Asset. Send the fan yeah. mail there. Um, no. <laughs> um, it's, but it's just, it's a great movie. It was some great, um, I, I, I shouldn't say great movie. It's an uncomfortable movie, but it's got some really good performances. It's not fun. I don't know. It's just, it was a good movie. I, I appreciated it. You know, I, I, this is the first time we've ever been subscribed to this, but I'm a huge Vinegar Syndrome fan. I really appreciate what they do. Uh, they're right here in the state of Connecticut. It feels like a regional thing. There's some other stuff in there. They sent out a forgotten Gialli box set that I'm ready to dive into. Uh, speaking of all the Italian directors that we yeah. <laughs> know nothing about, uh, I'm excited to dive into that. But Curfew was interesting. If it comes onto Tubi, because Vinegar Syndrome does a lot of their, puts out a lot of their releases on Tubi, I would highly recommend anything that you were interested about from them. Uh, check it out on Tubi before getting the disc, but then get the disc because there's always good special features on there. And then I watched Beanie Mania, a documentary about Beanie Babies that was on HBO Max. A little underwhelming, but still interesting nonetheless. Real quick, did either of you watch uh, that new Kristen Bell TV series on Netflix, uh, the woman across the street from the girl in the window. Uh, it's good. Just the first episode for me. Yeah, yeah, it's worth watching. It's a it's a spot on parody of like shitty Lifetime true crime type shows, but also because this is so rare that I ever have the opportunity to do this. Uh, tomorrow, the movie Studio Six 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 will be released in theaters. On Monday, you would have heard my interview with the director BJ. Um, I don't want to give away too much about the movie, but I will say that it is a fun time. It is fucking gory, and it is the Foo Fighters basically remaking Rock and Roll Nightmare. Nice. That rules. The acting is what you expect from musicians playing themselves. It's it's about the same as when the Harlem Globetrotters were on Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? Like it's it, They're trying, but it is fun. Lots of great cameos from a ton, tons of different uh, comedians and and. Oh, actors. Tony Gardner did the Tony Gardner did the uh, effects. Yes, yes. So yeah, it's it's a good time. So I I highly recommend Studio Six Six Six. If you can see it in a theater, I think it would be a fun like midnight watch in a packed theater where people are just screaming and hooting and hollering. But uh, BJ did say that it will be hitting uh, VOD and stuff. Uh, you know in in our pandemic age, you know, within the month. All right. Well, that was Demons 2 from 1986, as picked by Scott. We will be back next week with what will be the last special guest episode without Kyle. So, Kyle, get ready. You've got a pick coming up uh, at the oh, end shit. of March. Get ready. There's a lot of pressure. You better make it a good one. Um, <laughs> so stressed, so stressed. Uh, but in the meantime, hit up our Patreon for all that great Patreon conversation at patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Throw us those five star reviews, all of that other jazz. You listen to podcasts, you know what we want. And we will be back next week with more horror movie night.
listening to the Geekscape Network. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 